In this devotional, I'm going to share with you three thoughts from Romans chapter 9, verses 19 through 24, where we'll ask the question, why have you made me like this? Romans chapter 9, verses 19 through 24 says, You will say to me then, why does he still find fault? For who can resist his will? But who are you, O man, to answer back to God? Will what is molded say to its molder, Why have you made me like this? Has the potter no right over the clay to make out of the same lump one vessel for honorable use and another for dishonorable use? What if God, desiring to show his wrath and to make known his power, has endured with much patience vessels of wrath prepared for destruction in order to make known the riches of his glory for vessels of mercy, which he has prepared beforehand for glory? even us whom he has called, not from the Jews only, but also from the Gentiles. Romans chapter 9 is one of those tricky chapters in the Bible that folks will really like to play around with. Because on the one hand, we recognize that the things that we do in this life, they matter. They're important. They have an impact on the world. But on the other hand, we serve a God who we say is eternal and all-knowing, and if that's the case, how is it that the things that we do in this world are significant if God has already ordained them all to come to pass? Well, Romans 9 gives us some explanation on how these things work, where Paul explains that ultimately God has sufficient power and authority and the right to do precisely what he will with his creation. With that in mind, here are three thoughts answering the question, why have you made me like this? Thought number one, God has the right. So if you are created by God to be an object of his wrath, God has every right to create you in that way. This is Paul's argument, that we, the creation, don't have any right to complain to the creator why we were made this way and not that way. It is inappropriate for us to even ask the question since we are simply dust and the Lord is the almighty creator of the heavens and the earth. We don't have the right to demand of God to be made one particular way rather than the way that he has made us. God has the right to create his creatures precisely as he wants to. And we don't really have a say in how he has made us. Thought number two, demonstration of power. When we ask the question, God, why have you made me like this? He might have made you the way that you are in order to demonstrate his power. And this is what Paul says. You might be a vessel of wrath. You might be one of those that he has preordained to destruction simply so that he can demonstrate his power over those who have been preordained to receive his mercy. And if that's the case, then God is glorified even in your destruction. This is one of those things that we don't like. We don't like the idea that God may be condemning us and that it ultimately results in his glory. But that is precisely what it does. Because when the Lord punishes those who have rebelled against him, he is demonstrating his holiness. He's demonstrating his power and his disgust of sin. 
And if we have an issue with that, then really we have an issue with the fact that God has authority over creation that we don't possess. Thought number three, demonstration of mercy. And this is a trickier part of Paul's argument, I think. He says that it could be that the Lord has predestined some to destruction and some to restoration simply so that he can demonstrate his mercy on those whom he is restoring. That his power is witnessed by those whom he is saving so that way they can know just how wondrous and glorious God is. Once again, a lot of us have issue with this. We have, we have problems with this. But remember that the Lord tells Moses that he will have mercy on whom he will have mercy. He describes the way that he brought Pharaoh up, raised him up to rule over the people of Egypt so that he might demonstrate his power in destroying Pharaoh in the hardening of his heart. Ultimately, the reason people have difficulty with this is because they do not want to ascribe to God the glory that his character and his nature demand. We like to think about God as if he were a man, as if he were finite, as if he were limited like us, but he isn't. He's different from that. He is much greater than we can even imagine. So passages like Romans 9 tend to great against our sensibilities, because we like to think of God as if he were one of us. These three thoughts come from the assigned reading of Romans chapters 9 and 10. If you'd like to read through the Bible with me, you can do so by subscribing to this channel, by clicking on the link in the description, or by joining the Facebook group Through the Bible, where we are reading the text of Scripture together.